This is a message from the Word of God from the Tabernacle, the New Birth Gospel Tabernacle in St. Kitsanevis. Be blessed by the message as we were on that day. And so the Lord brought me to, he said, you remember the, they call it the tablet? I'm like, why are you sending me to this tablet? Send me to this tablet. This one. Well, this is the only one I have. And so I'm like, well, Lord, why are you sending me to this? It ain't working. Let me explain. Let me explain. I talked about being plugged up. Right? I have my card. I talked about being plugged up. And he sent me to this tablet. I said, but Lord, it ain't working. It have all sorts of information on it from when I got it. A lot of notes are on it. I downloaded apps on it. But I cannot access nothing on the tablet. Not that it is that they are not there. They are there. But the tablet has one problem. The charge port has a problem. The charging port, just that piece here has a problem. I had it fixed already. And it was working. But now it stopped again. So nothing is wrong with the cord. Nothing is wrong with the electricity because I have electricity for it to plug in. But the only problem and all the information are on there that I cannot access. Why? Only because the charging port, that little piece of thing there, not working. So I said, Lord, what, is, what are you telling me? I talked about being plugged up. We have the electricity and everything else. And all the information, as I said here, that I cannot access just because the port, the charging port, is not working. So I said, Lord, what are you telling me? He said in the last day, he will pour out of his spirit upon all flesh. We were looking at being powered up, being plugged in, and this is the time. But he says, just like that, there are hindrances to us being empowered. I say, my father, my God, I said, Lord Jesus, but this is the next thing again. Hindrances. As I said, lot of information on that, I cannot access it because it cannot be charged because the port has gone bad. And so the Lord says there are hindrances in our lives, in our lives that we have to address. And I'm going to look at one this morning. That causes us and hinders us from being empowered. And it's a big one. And it's the first one he gave me. And it's unforgiveness. I want us to go into the book of Matthew chapter 6. And we all know this from verse 9. The Our Father prayer. And we're going to read right down to verse 15. Amen. 
Matthew chapter 6. Reading from verse 9. And after this manner, therefore, pray ye. I want us to say it together because we know this. Amen? And the word of God says, Our Father, which art in heaven, come on, let me hear you. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. But I want us to pay close attention to verse 14 and verse 15. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also do what? But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Let me read that again, 14 and 15. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. There's also one, Ephesians 4.32, which says, Be kind one to another, tender-hearted. Do what? Forgiving one another, even as Christ has forgiven us. I did not say it. The word of God said it. Amen? So if we do not forgive, he will not forgive us. Unforgiveness is a hindrance to us being empowered in this season. Everyone has a past. We can't change our past actions or the actions of other people. Note, and I want you to pay, pay close attention. When I say note, bene, or please note, please note. All relationships require forgiveness, even those with other Christians. It is not just unbelievers who can hurt us. I'm going to take my time today. Unforgiveness is an hindrance to us being empowered. The word of God says if we do not forgive, he will not forgive us. And if we are not forgiven, what? We are walking in our sins. So all relationships require forgiveness. Mothers, Parents and children, brothers and sisters, husbands and wives, friends, cousins, bosses and employees. Every relationship requires forgiveness. As long as you are walking on this earth, somebody is going to rub you the wrong way. We are not among angels. 
Hallelujah. We are human beings. And so as long as we are walking this earth, we will have to forgive. Even if we check ourselves, most of the time we do stuff and we say, Father, forgive us. How many times do you say that in a day? Lord, forgive me. You say something, Lord, forgive me. And so we are always asking the Lord to forgive us. I just do it. Because when I don't say what I have to say, I say, Lord, forgive me. I have to say, Lord, forgive me. For I know what I've done. Amen? So what was your response the last time someone hurt you? We really feel like forgiving those who have wronged us. We feel more like leveling the score by, by striking back or retaliating. Or we behave or we harbor bitterness in our heart. And if so, we fail to realize that we do great damage to ourselves. When you have an unforgiving spirit, we are damaging ourselves. It is a form of self-punishment. So when you think you're holding the other person hostage in your heart and that you're doing them, look at them. They are going about their business and you're here suffocating, killing yourself. But they're moving on and they're living and you are stuck. And this thing is just eating you out and eating you out and eating you out and eating you out and eating you out, and eating you out and instead of you letting it go. Unforgiveness. So to know what unforgiveness is, let us look at forgiveness. Forgiveness is the willingness to give up your resentment towards someone who has wronged you, regardless of how serious or painful that wrong might have been. You renounce any desire to get even. I want revenge. I did not deserve that. Forgiveness is to give up resentment about the wrong. To give up resentment toward the wrongdoer. To give up plans of retaliation. Unforgiveness is a deliberate mindset to do the opposite. To resent the wrong and the wrongdoer. That is unforgiveness. And to seek revenge. That's what unforgiveness does. You seek revenge. How can I? And you st so you see how young at time God can download anything. On you. When you have so busy planning how you could get back at. Ephesians 4.31 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away 
from you with all malice. Be do what? Be put away from you. Let me do that again. All bitterness, wrath, anger. You hear how much things unforgiveness comes with? Bitterness, anger, wrath. I must get him back. I must get her back. And you become bitter within your spirit. The unforgiving heart clings to the past, refusing to extend to others what our heavenly father has extended to us. And he keeps extending to us each and every day. So as a result, there will be certain negative consequences in the life of an unforgiving person. I said it already, bitterness takes root in the heart and then it spreads its poison. It's like a cancer. When somebody has cancer, they ask, where's the primary site? Whether it's brain, breast, colon, whatever it is, it don't stay there. It spreads to the bones, to the brains, to the, to the organs, to your liver. And it spreads. And that is how unforgiveness works. It spreads. It's poison. So it does not stay at the stage of unforgiveness. That's why you have cancer stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four. That's it. It is a spiritual acid, acid that eats through the spirit within us. Few people realize the terrible effects of unforgiveness. I'm going to say it again, bitterness. So when you have um, unforgiveness, consequences are bitterness takes root and it spreads its poison. So it does not stay there. It is a spiritual acid. What acid does? That eats through the spirit within. It eats you out. That's why I say you stay there and you eat up yourself. Over something that cannot be changed. And the others who ever done you the wrong is living. Not studying you. Yet you dear, not moving. Not progressing because you're eating up yourself. Unforgiveness. Please know to return evil for good is devilish. To return good for good is human. But to return good for evil is godlike. I'll repeat. Let's say it again. To return evil for good, it is devilish. To return good for good is human. And to return good for evil is godlike. And that is very hard to do that when somebody wrong you, hey, you still return good. You still do good by them. That is not 
human. You're gone in a different realm altogether. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. Unforgiveness is holding a list in our hearts, demanding people to personally account to us for what they have done. It involves anger, desire for vengeance, and bitterness. You see, we need to be willing to release the people in our hearts for their sins against us. Forgiveness should happen in our hearts whether they ask us to forgive them or not. And most likely, they will not. Most likely, they will not. So you mean to say, if they never come to forgive you, you will never forgive them? Where are you going? Where are you going? As Christians, we need to get this thing right. Now, I know you say, Lord, it hurts. It can be physical. It can be emotional. It hurts. Yes, it hurts. You might have the scars physically or even emotionally. Yes, it hurts. We are not denying that fact. But the word of God say to forgive. He did not say you will forget. But he said to forgive. This is where we are to release the people who hurt us. We cannot harbor bitterness in our hearts. Our attitude towards others should always be redemptive. In this way, forgiveness is actually empowering. It frees us from our anger and desire for vengeance. We are no longer, listen to me, we are no longer responsible for vengeance. God is. When we forgive, we hand our offender over to God. Hey, and when it is handed over to God, it is well taken care of. So just hand the offender over to God. What the individual did against us is now a matter for them to settle with God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go to the word. I don't want you to say me say. Romans 12, 19 says, take note. Romans 12 and verse 19. What does it say? Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Turn it over. To Jesus. Turn them over to Jesus. Hallelujah. Turn them over to Jesus. Let him handle it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. As Christians, we are expected to exercise, Lord, help me here now, the fruit of the Spirit, which is the first one, which is what? Love. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. And we're talking about what? 
Love 13. We call it the book of love. Verse 5 says, It does not honor, meaning love, dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Let me repeat that. Verse 5, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 5. It does not dishonor others. You ain't know what she do me. You ain't know what he do me. And then you reap what? Seed of discord. It was done unto you, not unto the others. Why are you spreading it? Why are you spreading it for? Pity you're looking. Want people to, 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 to tap you and say, Lord, duh, Lord, duh, they shouldn't tell you that. Lord, duh. How they could have do that, eh? It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Remember I said unforgiveness keeps a list? Love, let it go. It keeps no record. And what I say, of wrongs, you know, keeps no record of wrong. That is the word of the Lord. Amy says so, because I have to abide by it as well. So I'm not only talking to you, I'm talking to us. Amen. So, so and so. So, see you got journal of who all wrong you. Well, I tell you. Serious matter as we as Christians supposed to show love. No matter what, we have to move from this fleshly thing because in ourselves we cannot do it. In ourselves we cannot do it. In ourselves, we can't do it. That will be forever, um, you know, imprinted. Real forgiveness has no limitations. Lord Jesus, here we go. Go again. Luke chapter 17 and verse 4, because I don't want you to say me say. 
Luke chapter 17 and verse 4. It says, even if they sin against you seven times in a day. <laughs> Luke 17 verse 4. In a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must the word of God. You do what? You must forgive them. So that's why I say real love has no limitations. The idea is that you keep forgiving for as many times as someone sins against you. For as what? Many times. If you truly, if you have truly been redeemed, then you ought to extend to others the love and generosity God himself has extended to you. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, we read them already. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. But be kind one to another. Tender hearted, doing what? Forgiving. It's a forgiving, you know. Continuous forgiving. Jesus help us here today. If you genuinely forgive somebody, you won't feel compelled to tell others what that person did to you. For love will cover what? A multitude. You see we lack love? Love will cover a multitude of sin that is taken in first place. Peter chapter 4 and verse 8. Love covers a multitude of sin. Real forgiveness also means wanting to set the person who has wronged you or wronged us at ease. Let us go read a story. Let us go to Genesis chapter 45. We all know this story. Genesis 45. Verse 1. The story of Joseph. You all know the story? Now, Joseph's brothers were very jealous. So I'm, uh, um, look for Genesis 45, right? But I'm going to bring it to Genesis 45. So Joseph's brothers, very jealous of him, father, last son, and he feel, they feel, oh, his daddy favorite, 
He getting everything. And so they plotted. They were going to kill him. But one of them said, no, look, some, um, what do you call them? Bands were going down. Let us sell him. And so they make some money, some good money on head. They sold him into what? Slavery. Now in Genesis chapter 45, remember famine came up. Where they were, no food was there, but where Joseph was, had food. So they had to go back up and travel to where Joseph was. But they did not know that. They had not a clue. Genesis 45. Then Joseph could not refrain himself. So remember now, so they are there. And Joseph is, who that they did to him came back. Right? And so they were afraid. They were troubled. They had to be troubled. And Joseph said unto his brethren, come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom he sold into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves. Take it easy, man. That he sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years has the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years. So still more to go. In the which there shall neither be hearing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all this house and ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. So don't fear, man. Don't fear. Mm? And when we go over to Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20, it says, but as for you, ye taught evil against me, talking to his brothers, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. You meant it for evil. You meant it for evil, but God meant it unto good as i said real forgiveness also means wanting to set the person who has wronged you at ease he had the power he had the power to do what get revenge revenge time now you have to bow before me and so he could have taken that and you know taken his revenge on them but no what he did he forgave them and he gave them food to go back with an extra eh? hallelujah and that is what we have to do 
Romans 8, 28. Repeating what Joseph says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. According to his purpose. And that is it there. According to his purpose, all things will work out. That's why he says, turn it over to Jesus. Hallelujah. Let him handle it. Amen. Please note, forgiveness helps release the prisoner. Who is the prisoner? Who is the prisoner? Forgiveness helps release the prisoner. Who is the prisoner? You, me. Forgiveness is not for the other person. It is for you. It is for you. It is for you. Hallelujah. Forgiveness is not optional. It is essential. Amen. It is not optional. It is essential. Let us go to another story. Matthew chapter 18. Verse 21 down to 34. Let's see how far we get. I shall read. Matthew chapter 18, 21. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall... Sorry, 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times Jesus said, Unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven, and here's the story, likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife, and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down, and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, and, for, and did what? And forgave him the debt. But the same servant, the same man, went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. Now, how much did he owe? Let me go back up. 10,000 talents. And then he went to find a fellow servant, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me that thou owest pay up. And his fellow servant fell down, same thing, at his feet and besought him saying, have patience with me, same words. And I will pay thee all. And he would not. But went and cast him where? Into prison till he should pay the debt. So 
So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry. And they came and told unto their Lord all that was done. So they went back and report on him. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. He forgave him and he said, don't bother, don't bother. He forgave him the debt, you know, didn't say, he didn't say delay. He said what? Forgave him. Forget about it. Don't worry about it. You don't have to pay me anymore. He forgave him the debt. I want us to get now. He forgave him. Not delay it. Say, okay, when you get it, pay me. No, he forgave him the debt. And he went to go find somebody who's owing him for less. Far less. And cast him into prison. So the man, the Lord said, Oh, thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant? Eh? Even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the what? Tormentors, to the torturers, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So he delivered him to who? The tormentors and the torturers. The word torture carries with it the idea of extreme mental anguish. Your thoughts eat away at you. You're telling the person you're better than that. You are better than that. You are better than that. That was a mistake. You don't hold people hostage for their mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. You make mistakes as well. I'm talking to you because you have been hurt or whatever, but don't you think you hurt somebody too? You want them to hold you hostage? We just can't look at it. Somebody hurt me. You might have hurt somebody too. And so when you forgive, you do not see the shortcomings of the person. You do not see the mistakes of that person, but you see them through the eyes of the master. Amen? You see them through the eyes of the master. Bless the name of Jesus. So forgiveness allows you to help the other person as well. Because do you think, especially if they know that they hurt you badly, you think they expect you to come say, I forgive you? Man, you shock them and cause them to think and cause them to reflect on what they did. Hallelujah. Amen. And take um, you know, stock of themselves and say, Lord, man, look at that. Because when people do you wrong, they're expecting you to retaliate. They're expecting something, you know, backlash. They're expecting you to lash out. But if you can stay calm and just watch them in their eyes and say, I forgive you. Hey, you shock them and stun them and cause them to go back to go check themselves. And they will know I can do better than this. Amen. 
I can do better than this. Please note that forgiveness is not a fleshly activity. It is spiritual. I say we can't do it on our own. We, could not, we cannot do this on our own. It is not a fleshly activity. That's why we need the fruit of the spirit. That will hold us in. Some of us who mouth hot and who head hot because it's tick for tat. For a lot of us. Come on. We have to be honest. We have to be honest. There are some who are slow, you know. Let's say, but wait, why they just do media? You know, but they have others, man, as you get it, you hit it back. As you get it, hit it back. Hot. Very hot. So it is not a fleshly activity. It is spiritual. And so we often, when we forgive, expect a fleshly response. It ain't gonna happen. Can't expect a fleshly response. This thing takes time. As Christian, one of the core elements of our relationship with God is forgiveness. We would have no relationship with God if he did not reach out and forgive us even in our sin. There would be no relationship with him if Christ was waiting for an apology from us before dying on the cross. Romans chapter 5 says, but God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He did not wait for an apology to go die. He did not wait for an apology to die. And as I was looking at this, I said, wow, my God. And imagine on the cross, while he on the cross suffering, what did he say? Forgive them. My God! I still ain't, excuse me, I still ain't, can't wrap my mind, my brain around that one. Jesus, our ultimate example, while he was on, just picture that, while he's on the cross, and they're doing him all sorts of things, they don't nail him. They don't whip him, thorns on his head, blood running down his weak, and he on the cross and say, forgive me, <laughs> So while he going through, they finished with him yet, you know. He said, forgive them. Just imagine that. That, that thing have, have me still. Because most of us, when things are done, it is done. It has been done to us. You hear that? Done. But while they were still doing, he said, forgive. He did not wait for us to come and say, forgive us, forgive me, to go and die for us. So why are we waiting for an apology to forgive? Why are we waiting for an apology to forgive? The word of God did not say wait until they come to forgive. It says forgive. Amen? 
it just say forgive forgiveness does not excuse the offending behavior it excuses the offender when we forgive we are saying to that person you are bigger and better than what you did against me you hear that you are bigger and better than that I choose to see you over the sin the same way God sees us and not the sin. Forgiveness doesn't mean nothing happened. It means you're able to move beyond what happened. Jesus forgave them, but when he was, he still had the marks in it. Huh? The marks are still there, isn't it? To show that I did went through, but he forgave them. So forgiveness does not mean that the, the, the offense did not happen. It did. But you can move beyond that. Amen. When the offense is no longer holding you back, you can live free from bondage of the infraction. Hallelujah. Forgiveness is more satisfying than revenge. The only thing revenge will do is add your wrongdoing on top of theirs. So you're just, you're helping the situation, you know. If you want revenge, it is not helping the situation. Leave the vengeance up to God. Amen? Leave it up to God. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. And as I said, turn it over to Jesus. It does not, um, forgiveness does not let the other off the hook. It actually places them in God's hands. The peace, let me say that again. The peace from forgiveness is more satisfying than revenge. Because as I say, it is not a fleshly thing. This thing has to be done in the spirit Amen. Hallelujah. The peace from forgiveness is more satisfying than the revenge. Romans chapter 12 verse 19. To 21 says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. Hallelujah. I will repay, saith the Lord. It does not stop there. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. So even though they hurt you, they're hungry, feed them. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. 
that is godlike. So that's why I say it is not a fleshly thing. You can't do this in the flesh. But if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them drink. Heap coals of fire on his head, on their heads. Amen. 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 One last thing I need you to consider in all of this. It helps to remember, please note, it helps to remember that the person isn't the real enemy. Remember, the enemy comes to do what? Kill, steal, and destroy. And so the enemy works with great intentionality against anything that brings honor and glory to God. So he does not like to see people together. So what he's going to try and do? Separate. And so we have to recognize the enemy when he shows up his head. That's why forgiveness does not look at the mistakes of the person. You see that the person is better than what they did. You don't see them through your eyes. Because if we do, we will always see them as the person who hurt us. But you have to see them through the eyes of God. And as I say, you can't do that as a human being. You cannot. You have to be in a different realm altogether. But this is a serious matter. The spirit of unforgiveness hinders the power of God coming in your life. Hindrance. All the information. All the notes can't access because there's a hindrance the word says in the last days he will pour out he is pouring out but there are hindrances that we have to take care of there are issues in our life that we have to take care of because they are blocking they are blocking the power of God being manifest in our lives. When he brought that to me, I was like, Father, Lord, this was such a good time. When those that give both power up in all different kinds of ways, only to say there are hindrances. And a big one, unforgiveness in our hearts unforgiveness we hold in people how can you hold a big man in your chest how can you hold a big woman in your chest it gonna kill you i even did not touch on what it does to you physically i did not even touch on that unforgiveness can kill you and i'm not talking spiritually it can kill you physically 
If a brother and a sister offend you, make it right. You be the bigger person. Even if they were the one that wronged you, forgive them. Because you want all that God has for you. I don't want nothing missing. I want all that God has for me. I don't want nothing hindering and stopping and blocking my blessings. And imagine if I'm holding somebody hostage in my heart. All of me say, Lord, forgive me You're hearing me because I am not forgiving. But what state am I in? Where am I going? Where am I going? Imagine you hold a 180 pound person in your chest. Will it go kill you? 200 pounds, they're going to kill you. That's why sometimes you feel heavy. You feel laden down. Because you got 200 pounds. And if it's more than one, just keep adding. You see how much pounds you're carrying with you. As I say, you have a list from 1940. You have a list. And if you keep adding up those pounds, it's going to kill you. It will kill you. Hear the spirit of the Lord this morning. We have to forgive. We have to forgive. Forgive the brother. Forgive the sister. Forgive whoever. Forgive them. Let them go. Place them in the hands of the Lord. And you move on. Hallelujah. This is a time for us to do a checkup. Search our hearts, Lord. See if there be any wicked. The word of God says, The heart is desperately wicked. And so there are times we have to come into God and say, check, check up time. What is going on? What is wrong? Show me. And this is a time because he's pouring out his spirit. But there are hindrances. There are things that are blocking him and blocking you from receiving what he has for you. Unforgiveness is one. It's a big one. He says a huge one. We do not like to forgive. Because the fruit of the spirit, love, is not operating in the lives of the people. Genuine love. Genuine love. We need to read um, 1 Corinthians again, 13. The book of love. And hear what all love contains. Are we living that? And when you go down the list, you say no not me we have to be honest people of God we have to be honest we have to be honest so can we stand in the house of God this morning and take this time out and ask the Lord to search us this morning if we are holding unforgiveness in our hearts we have to repent we have to turn from that wicked way Unforgiveness is holding the people of God back. It is holding the people of God back.
from receiving. So imagine, we have me good thing here. Eh? Got caught, everything, and the plug up. Nothing coming through. <laughs> Something else, eh? Nothing. Cannot be charged. Cannot be powered up. Because there's a hindrance. Let not that be said of us today that we have hindrances in our lives that is hindering us from being charged up, from being powered up. So take a few minutes even now, you and God. You and God. I talk about unforgiveness, but if we are honest, he will show us other things. He will show us other things. So ask him to search your heart. Where are we at this morning? Where are we at this morning? My God, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. My Lord, my God. My Lord, my God. My Lord, my God. Jesus. Take it away. 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 Yes, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. We're not denying, denying the fact that it hurts. But Lord God, we choose today to place it in your hands. Every hurt, every pain, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Holy Ghost, we need you in this time. 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 You in this time, hallelujah, Jesus. We turn it over to you, God. Come on, just turn it over to Him right now. Turn it over to Him right now. Turn it over to Him right now. He's the only one that can fix, He is the only one that can heal. In the name of Jesus, Father God, we thank you. We bless your holy name. As you have spoken there, God, I pray that your people have heard your word and that we will act on your word for we will not be hearers of the word, but we will be doers. That we will turn every hurt, every pain, every wrong that has been done to us, God, we turn it over to you, God. 
for you are our Abba Father. You are our Daddy God. And so we run to you today. We run to you today. We run to you, God. And we place them at your feet. You know what was done. You know, Father. You saw. But we are asking right now that you take over, that you take over, that you take over. It might be unforgiveness. God, whatever it is that is hindering the empowerment in my life, show me, God. So that it can be addressed. So that it can be addressed in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, dear God. I thank you, dear God. Thank you, dear God. Oh, hallelujah. Search our hearts this morning. See if there be any wicked way in us. it in your hands 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 hallelujah you know the person place them in his hands 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 hallelujah we place them in Stretch even now. Place them in his hands. Come on. Place them in his hands. In his hands. In his hands. Hallelujah. Oh Lord. We place them in your hands. Come on. Don't hold on to it. Don't hold on to it. Place them in his hands. Yes, Lord, we place them in your hands, in your hands, in your hands, my God, my God, we place them in
mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Leave them dear. Leave them in his hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, God, we place them in your hands. yourself release yourself release yourself hallelujah release yourself release yourself release yourself we place them in your hands hallelujah and father we thank you that the healing process has begun and that your people will be able to move on and to do great exploits, God, for they will be receiving the empowerment of your spirit within them. Hallelujah. And they will be able to do that which they have been called to do in the earth. Hallelujah. Nothing blocking, nothing hindering. For we place everything in your hands. Hallelujah. Come on, give God praise. Thank you for listening to the full version of a message preached at the New Birth Gospel Tabernacle Church. Feel free to follow the ministry on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at New Birth SKB. God bless you and have a wonderful day.